0: Hi, I'm Gavin Carlson, and this is Out of Bounds, Daily Bruin Sports Podcast. The Bruins traveled to Corvallis, and they took a loss. Is Dante Moore holding this team back? Is Chip Kelly holding this program back? Let's discuss. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Out of Bounds, the official sports podcast of the Daily Bruin. By now, you know the drill. I'm your host, Gavin Carlson, a fourth-year sports senior staff writer, but... I think the bigger story is that we have the return of the one and only Jack Nelson. He had a little vacation. He's looking good. Jack, fourth year senior sports staff writer. How are you doing? How does it feel to be back? I am very tired, I will admit. The jet lag is killing me.
1: I was just in Taiwan for a week-long excursion. Amazing. Absolute blast. Um, But excited to be back. Uh, As legendary Michael Jordan once said, I'm back. And I know that my very loyal listeners and viewers have been very sad to see me go these past week, and they're excited to have me back, and I'm excited to be back, so yeah. let's get to
0: it. I got I mean, there was people in the comments saying, where is Jack? I know that people you know, were hitting me up. Where is Jack? Where is Jack? He's here. Joseph is gone. We've got another duo. We're excited to break down what was a disappointing uh, weekend for UCLA football. I was there in Corvallis as a number 18 UCLA football team went. To a a great environment I'll be honest it was a fantastic experience um, against a really good football team a really good fan base an angry fan base with the state of the Pac-12 the Pac-2 whatever you want to call it but number 15 Oregon State was able to put it on UCLA for most of the game and UCLA falls 36-24 uh, you know like I said in the intro is Dante Moore holding this team back let's let's just jump into it three picks in the first half and the stats about his first halves have been really ugly at three straight games with an interception on the opening drive and three straight games with a pick six his first game with three interceptions in a game um, and it just got from it went kind of went from bad to worse there was some highlights in between but I just the first interception stares down a defender it was a rough start. What did you think of Dante's overall performance? I, I, just talk about the interceptions, I, I, I'd say. Uh, the first one rolling to his left, kind of looks at a guy in the flat, looks him off, and just throws a ball way too late to Logan Loya. The second interception, um, there's a blocking assignment. He gets hit while he throws. You're not going to blame that one on him. And then the third one is just an awful pick six. Um, Dante's performance, what do you think?
1: Yeah, uh, it seems like things are getting worse for Dante as the Pac-12 play continues, uh, which, of course, is not what you want to see if you're a Bruins fan. Um, But something that sticks out to me, I will admit I didn't get to watch that much of the game because the time zone difference is crazy in Taiwan. (laughs) Um, But I will say that it seems like he's really struggling with his pass accuracy so far in conference play. I mean, he hasn't even reached 55% pass completion for a single game. And twice he's below 50%, and so he's really struggling to hit his guys and find either either find open guys or just hit them when he can and he has them open. Um, and so I think just he's also struggling to find some accuracy in the red zone, especially with you know passing touchdowns. There, I mean, he hasn't had a single game with multiple passing touchdowns in Pac-12 play yet. Um, and that being said, like I personally expect him to have a better game against Oregon State comparatively to Washington State and Utah. I mean, Oregon State defense is not. All that impressive this season. They were the best impact of last year, but they're, I think, they're top they're top 50 this season, on not the same level they were as last year. Um, but this was a game that I think a lot of us had as a bit of a shootout going into it. I know that listening to the pod that you and Joe's had last week, it seemed like this was going to be a, a more of a shootout style game than we might have anticipated earlier in the season. Um, but yeah, as you mentioned, just three straight games to pick six. That's a tough look, especially, I mean, you're a freshman, you're going to have struggles as freshmen, freshman, like growing pains, but. With a pick six and three straight games, and you start have to have some, start have to ask some questions uh, with Dante here, and wondering how long is the leash for Chip Kelly and Dante? Is it's a question worth asking?
0: Yeah, I mean, if you, it's just three interceptions that I don't know, the the, the first one is is. It's the f- opening drive. You, I, I, It has to be in his head at this point that he's thrown an interception on the opening drive in the last two games, you would think. But one thing I think people forget about that first drive and that first interception, the play before he got away with one. It went off the defender's hand. He could have thrown a pick on the play before, so you think – You know, I'm never going to say someone should be overly conservative, especially at the quarterback position. But you've thrown an interception the last two games on the opening drive. You get away with one that probably should have been picked. And yet on the next play, you look left, you look left, you wait, you wait, and then you hit Logan Loyal way too late. I mean, and one thing that's kind of ironic about that play. Um, we, we praised Chip Kelly. We praised Dante Moore for getting out of the pocket in the last game. We know in Utah, he was struggling in the pocket against Wazoo. They got him out of the pocket, rolling to his right, making a lot of throws on the run. And yet, on that interception, he's on the run. He throws way too late, opens up his body. Um, like I said, the second one, hit as you're throwing. That's just a disappointing play with, with Carson Steele and the tight end there, not able to pick it up. The third one, that's the worst of them all. It, it, You're throwing an out route, near side, J. Michael Sturdivant doesn't even look like he's really running that hard of a route. You know, you could say he should have ran a better route, but at the same time, I don't think anyone expected Dante to make that throw. He's not at all open. Easy pick six. You don't see pick six that easy. The one last week was a great play. This one was really easy. So um, three eye-opening interceptions in in terms of how disappointing they were for Dante Moore Um, wasn't all bad. Like I said, he was able to roll out a lot this game once again. Had a couple really impressive throws on the run. But it's kind of ironic. Both of the touchdown drives, um, both before the half, before the pick six, and then in the third quarter, really jump-started by Colin Schley. He had four plays, four consecutive runs for 45 yards um, on that second quarter drive that set up the first touchdown. And then in the third quarter with Schley and also Keegan Jones, who is getting a lot of touches now, um, they were able to march down the field and help set up another touchdown. Colin Schley, we, he got hurt in this game. We don't know what the state of his injury is, but what does he add? What are your thoughts on the involvement of Colin Schley going forward if he can play?
1: Yeah, if he's uh, going to be an option moving forward, I mean, we've seen Chip really just use him as a running back and really use attack um, the defense with his legs because he has proven to be a very formidable running back on the ground, or quarterback on the ground, rather. Um, and we really haven't seen that much from Colin Schley in the passing game, which is very <laughs> ironic considering he is listed as a quarterback on the depth chart. Uh, And he was a very good quarterback at Kent State before he came to UCLA. Um, And so, yeah, if we do see him moving forward, it's definitely going to be more in the running game than anything else, um, because he just just adds another dimension there. And especially considering how often UCLA goes to the run, we've seen with Dante and his struggles in the passing game kind of forcing Usley's hand a little bit uh, to run the ball. Obviously, we've seen um Carson Steele, T.J. Harden start to develop a little bit in the backfield, especially with Steele, who I believe has had back-to-back 100-yard rushing games yeah. at this point. Yeah. Um. So he's really starting to come into his own there. Um. But yeah, just for Colin Shelley, um, if we do see him again, it'll be in the running game. Definitely not the passing game. I don't think.
0: Yeah, and it was a, it was a really great performance for the entire run game. Um, not only did he like you said Carson Steele back-to-back games over 100 yards. Uh, 22 carries, 110 yards, averaging five a pop. He had a touchdown. And it was a really good game, I think, for the offensive line and the running backs, in my opinion, not in Chip Kelly's opinion. It was ironic. After the game in the press conference, he said he wasn't happy with the run um, in his first, the first time he answered a question about it. Then someone asked him again, you know, why weren't you happy with the run game? You rushed for 284 yards. And he said, once again, he felt like it was a lot of big plays that kind of, you know, kind of hid the audience from disappointing runs. I don't know if I necessarily agree. I thought it was a pretty consistent performance from the run game. Carson Steele, like I said, 110 yards. Colin Schley adds 80 on six carries. But TJ Harden, nine for 47. Even Keegan Jones gets involved, three for 31. Um, so I thought it was a great performance from the running game. And, and really not not the running backs doing anything above you know amazing, but not the offensive line doing anything amazing, kind of both working well, playing solid. I thought it was a solid game uh, in the run game. The passing game, not so much. Like we said, Dante Moore finishes 15 of 34. Like you said, he's completing less than 50% of his passes, just 168 yards. So that one touchdown, pretty solid throw to Logan Loy on a drag route while he's being hit. Um, and he was hit a lot this game. He did say that after the game that the number one thing is, is recovery. He said not, not reviewing plays. He said the number one thing is going to be reco- recovery and then obviously working on getting better. Um, We'll talk about the defense before we then go to our tier list and our chipometer. We're going to talk about Chip Kelly a lot in that chipometer. Um, but let's talk about the defense on and off performance, I'd say, for them. Oregon State, a great running attack coming into the game, and they look very solid uh, running the football once again. But I think a lot of big plays that we weren't really expecting. What do you think of the secondary? Disappointing performance from them for sure? Definitely worst game of the season for the secondary.
1: It's not a question in my mind. Mm-hmm. I mean – on points alone, yes, UCLA allowed the most points it has allowed this season, um, and I guess last week against Washington State, that was probably somewhat expected considering how good that offense was, but this Oregon State offense really wasn't all that impressive going into this game. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you have DJ Uyangalale and then you have some good running back options, but really not that nothing that interests nothing that really excites you as a defender going against an offense. Um, And so I I think definitely with the secondary, the main issue, as you mentioned, a lot of chunk plays, especially in the red zone, I think two of those touchdowns for Oregon State were passes, either 20- or 30-yard passes. Um, And then we saw uh, the kind of connection with Uyenglele and Jake Velling was his name? The tight end. Tight end, yeah, Yeah. the tight end. Um, And so it looks like the secondary just got caught like sitting ducks out there a lot of the time. Maybe a lot of zone, playing a little too deep, giving the quarterback too much of a cushion to hit his... his, um, Hit his guys, and ultimately get um, get some scoring plays. But yeah, I think it was it seemed like it was they were trying to go for a bend but don't break, but they just broke on multiple occasions.
0: Yeah, like I said, that's kind of been at least in my opinion. I know I was talking with Joseph about it last week about whether or not this defense was truly elite after what they did against Wazoo. Um, I think he was a little more on the they are elite side than I was. Like I felt they were more of a bend don't break type of defense that was also able to force a lot of timely turnovers. A lot of times Wazoo was in the red zone. They were able to force fumbles, interceptions. Um, they did do that in this game. They forced a fumble at a key time, ha- got used to play the ball at the red zone, or at the at midfield. They were only able to turn it into three, but also some missed opportunities from the defense in this game. Uh, the de- defensive lineman, Jake Heimlecher, um drops a really easy interception, and then Oregon State goes on to get a field goal there. Um, and then also, they, you mentioned Velling, the tight end. Um, the play before he had the touchdown, DJ just throws one up to him and it, it, the ball is floating in the air forever, and yet the tight end able to come down with it. You think if that turns into an interception, things could look a lot different. Um, and I agree. The secondary overall, though, disappointing performance. I thought it was the worst game of the season for Jalen Davies, who I'm super high on. I think he is not only the best defensive back on this team, but I think. He's a better defensive back than I think the conference gives him credit for. But he got burned a couple of times. Miscommunication with Alex Johnson on that flat route for a touchdown um, early in the game. And then he got burned on a little fake corner and deep post. He got absolutely scorched. And uh, DJ was impressive on those deep throws. Uh, got to give him his credit. But it, it was a definitely, a, the, I think, the worst performance of the season for the defense overall. And we'll see how they can bounce back against Stanford. But... I think it's a good time now to transition to the player tier list if you are unfamiliar we have a tier list so it'll be up on the screen um, we made a couple adjustments after the wazoo win um, I believe we moved Alex yeah we moved Alex Johnson to all UCLA after his performance um, I think we also moved Logan Loya and Carson Ryan yeah that's right up from just a guy to solid starter and then we moved Devin Kirkwood from liability to just a guy um, I'm going to make my first proposal for the tier list change. I think it's time to move Dante Moore down. We have him at solid starter. Um, I think we're going to move him to just a guy, unless you disagree. Uh, Do you disagree? I mean, I really don't. I mean, based on, like I said, he seems to be getting worse and worse,
1: and there's nothing that tells me otherwise that he'd be going a different direction. So yeah, it's looking like just a guy territory is very real for Dante right now.
0: Yeah, it's kind of ironic calling a quarterback just a guy, but Solid starter just doesn't really seem fair right now because you know there's people certainly online that feel like he's holding the team back. So it doesn't seem fair to say he's a solid it's starter. A, it's a crazy discussion we're having this about
1: Dante Moore, who was so hyped going into the season. Yeah,
0: but it's a he's a freshman, and I think a lot of these are freshman mistakes. Um, we'll talk in the chipometer about whether or not he's being coached properly. Um, another change I'm going to propose. Tell me if you disagree. I think we move Sturdevant down from all UCLA to solid starter. I, we just didn't see much from him. I'll pull up the stats real quick. It was not an impressive performance. Two for 19 from J. Michael Sturdevant. That's not all UCLA. Uh, do you disagree? Can we move him down?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've been trying to talk about J. Mike for a while. because yeah. I feel like we
0: really haven't seen a huge game from him yet, which has surprised me. I think in, in terms of talent, he's all UCLA, but maybe it's more the quarterback and coaching, but nonetheless, production-wise, I think you have to go solid starter, right? Yeah, it comes out of production. You can have all the talent you, you can have, but if you're not producing on the field, not helping your team, then...
1: You're going down a tier, no question.
0: Yeah, I think Logan Loyal deserves to stay. He had a touchdown at almost 50 yards. Um, I don't know if anything else really needs to be changed. I was debating moving Kane Madrano and Muasau down to solid starter. I feel like they haven't been superb, but I think for now, I think we leave it as yeah, is. Yeah, I think we can keep him there for now. Yeah, it, we don't want to overreact. Um, that being said, we now move to the chipometer to end this episode. Do we overact, overreact with this chipometer? Um, there's people calling for his job. You know how it is in Westwood. What did you think of his coaching job? Where do you think the chipometer belongs after a disappointing loss to a good team? So usually I'm not one to pin losses on
1: individual players, but I think this is more on Dante than Chip, mm. which some people will definitely disagree with. But I mean, just you give you give away a pick six. That's so easily avoidable. You give away two other interceptions, one of which just completely, or probably both of which are mostly inexcusable. Um, it just, the mistakes are really piling up for Dante at this point and when you're making that many mistakes there's only so much your defense can do to keep your team in the game. Yeah. You know how good UCLA's defense is, but there's only so much they can do if Dante keeps keeps chucking up interceptions like that. And so I think Chip, I mean obviously he's the guy who puts Dante in those kind of positions, right. so it does come back to him in some respect, but it's also coming down to Dante to execute where Chip puts him in the game. And so I really think this is more a loss on Dante than anyone else, which a lot of people disagree with. So I'm interested to hearing your
0: take. I mean, on. I agree to the most part, but at the end of the day, not only is Chip Kelly an offensive coach who his job is to make the offense perform, but this was his guy, right? We know there was a lot of debate about who was going to be the starter. He's the one who decided to go with a true freshman quarterback. I agree with the decision. I'm pretty sure you agreed with the decision. Um, But if you make that choice... The blame is going to be put on you when the freshman makes freshman mistakes. You don't really blame a freshman for making freshman mistakes. If it's a DTR as a redshirt senior making freshman mistakes, that's on him. If it's a freshman quarterback making freshman mistakes, your job as a coach is to be able to make the team better and overcome those issues. I agree. that The pick to start event. I don't know how you can really defend it. Even the pick, the first pick was kind of – It's it's obviously it's on Dante. Chip Kelly's not on the field. But at the end of the day – arguments could be made they could have run the ball a lot more they had amazing success on the ground they felt like he didn't use it enough we haven't seen Kyle Ford at all the tight ends were used a lot last week didn't see them that much this week Keegan Jones every time he touched the ball does something amazing they're not still still not getting him the ball enough and you know you could have seen Colin Schlieve and getting more involved earlier in the game without the excess the success he had but don't want to be you know Monday morning quarterback here and, and and make all these accusations after the fact um I agree I'm never I'm been called a chip kelly defender a lot in at least the db office i think it's fair to put him between the middle and bottom right now i feel like that's fair disappointing loss to a good team though a very good team that i was lower on than most i got proved wrong there but you think between middle and, and the bottom for chip kelly's placement on this a beautiful uh, little chipometer we're gonna have on the screen
1: yes um yeah definitely bottom to our low middle to bottom definitely for sure and we'll see how that pans out against
0: stanford i've in some weird world where they lose. We'll see what happens there, but oh, if they lose to Stanford, I, I think we're going to break the thermometer going the chipometer going down to the ground. But um yeah, there you go. Player tier list, Chipometer, UCLA knocked off in Corvallis. Um we'll see about the state of this UCLA team, the state of this UCLA program. Feels like they're out of the Pac-12 championship race in the last year of the Pac-12, but a couple friendly games coming up for them. So we'll see if they can bounce back. But um, yeah, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, this recap of UCLA's loss in Corvallis. Um, as always, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts to listen to the audio version. If you want to look at Jack's beautiful face back on the camera, go to UCLA Daily Bruin uh, on YouTube. Transcript will be available on dailybruin.com. Thank you so, so much for watching. And we will be back with a preview of the Stanford game coming up. Take care. Bye bye.